pick yourself up off the floor because the boys are back in town. Yeah, you know, I read the other uh, the other day. Someone was saying that the the song "The Boys Are Back in Town" is one of the greatest rock songs of all time. Did you promptly defriend or unfollow that person? I don't remember where I read it, but I I wholeheartedly disagree. <clears throat> anyway, we're back here. Uh, we missed a week, but we're back, and we are better than ever. Maybe no, we're not. We're here though. Yeah, we're and we got a special special episode today. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I started reading about the boys are back in town trying to figure out what this could possibly mean. I, to, it's got to be a sex thing, right? Sex song? To me, like, I guess I never... Let's look at the... Like, hey, baby, my boys are back in your town. Am I right? Yeah, it's like, guess who just got back today? Them wild-eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed that much to say, but man, I still think them cats are crazy. Yeah, it's these guys who, like, used to be wild. And they moved out of town and then they came back. It's like guys who come back to visit their college a few years after they graduate. And everybody's like, who the fuck are these guys? And they're ho, 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 high-fiving and living it up. Remember the good old days? And everyone else is just like, who are these guys in cargo shorts? Why are we talking about this? Okay. The way this show usually works is that either myself or Brandon bring a top 10-ish list with a bunch of top 10 fucking things on it or so and the other person tries to guess without knowing the list ahead of time. But today, we are going a little, we're taking a, a side route on our normal format where uh, we took a sharp left. We're a shoeing convention. That's right, what he said. Today, by the request of our listeners, we are covering conspiracy theories. Some conspiracy theories, not... A few conspiracy theories. Yeah. Not all of the... I love many of them and mm -hmm. we don't have time for many of them. Maybe we can do more conspiracy episodes but yeah. I had to be very choosy about what we covered today. Yeah. So, Brandon and I both picked two conspiracies because we wanted to do a, a semi-deep dive on each one of them. So, for the sake of time, we did two each. So, I guess that's the, this week it's, we're the two-ish podcast. Am I right? Conspiracy Theories was selected from a list of options by our Twitter followers you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Tennishpod, 10ISHPOD. Occasionally, we do ask our followers to choose the topic for us. And this time they chose conspiracy theories. So, Brandon, where do we start? What is a conspiracy theory? Tell the folks at home, what is a conspiracy theory? It's usually based on like a, a nefarious plot. Whoa. Among uh, Hot take. shadowy elements conspiring and working together. It's usually to do something to get away with something naughty. You mentioned shadow. I think conspiracy theories are also strongly linked to the large shadow a fat man in his basement casts while theorizing on conspiracies on message boards online. Would you say that's also fair? Yeah, if the fat man's got like a really harsh light in his basement. Sure. Brandon, what do you say to people that say every conspiracy theory is just some bullshit person on the internet trying to stir shit well, I would say many of them are, but there are many conspiracies that are not theories. They are conspiracy facts, mm -hmm. such as the declassified CIA project MKUltra was mm -hmm. a uh, experiments in mind control. Some of them took place at Harvard University. I mentioned this before uh, when we talked about colleges. Harvard University work done there on, in cooperation with the CIA as part of the MKUltra project created or, or broke the brain of Ted Kaczynski and set, off, set this brilliant but troubled mind off on a dangerous path to become the Unabomber. They yeah. gave him drugs, broke him down psychologically. I know that one thing that they did was they had him prepare to share his like deepest and most firmly held beliefs to a peer. Uh, but instead of having a peer, they had someone there who was prepared ahead of time to ridicule and break down every single one of those beliefs. But all this stuff is declassified and Ted Kaczynski was the Unabomber. Uh, another conspiracy fact you may have heard of, uh, it's called the business plot believe it was in the late 30s, I want to say it was 1939, uh, maybe 1940, that some powerful businessmen in the US along with some 
uh, retired military, including Smedley Butler. What? Uh, Smedley Butler, General Smedley Butler. Who names their kid Smedley? He comes out and they're like, oh, this is a Smedley for sure. Uh, his parents were Stinkford and Stenchley <laughs> Butler. These businessmen planned a military takeover of Franklin Roosevelt's administration. There was a, a true plot to perform a coup on the United States government and one of the businessmen involved with it, Prescott Bush, grandfather of George W. Bush, father of George H.W. Bush. And listener of the show. Oh, I was going to ask, why did the CIA declassify MKUltra when it's so controversial? I really don't know. I know that Freedom of Information Acts. I don't know. I, I do have the internet at my fingertips and could look it up. But... No. No. We're not rich, Brandon. We don't have the internet available at any given time. But why don't we uh, get into some ultra-sized conspiracies? Like I said, we're going to take a deep dive into them and I want to give a uh, disclaimer. Just because we're presenting these theories does not mean we believe in them, does not mean that we don't believe in them, it does not mean that we believe, don't do or don't believe portions of them. So, we're just covering these because they're interesting and there's at least a reasonable amount of believability to the claims. Yeah. I would say, so the two I brought today, which I won't reveal, one of them has a lot of evidence surrounding it. The other, I've assembled my own evidence. Oh, God damn it. I do mainly subscribe to the conspiracy theories for which there is some sort of scientific fact-based evidence that can at least be debated among experts. Yeah. And I, don't, I think you did the same but I brought one theory that is decently well known and I think there's some compelling evidence for um, and I brought another theory that I had never heard of before but it's interesting. Uh, why don't you start, Brandon? Pick one of yours. P pick your, uh, your more well-known one. Let's start with that. I wanted to talk about Bohemian Grove. What year did Queen release that song? Oh, you're thinking of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Yeah, that's a song. Okay. And it's not about... And it's not as good of a rock song as The Boys Are Back in Town. <laughs> By Thin Lizzy. Uh, no, it's none of those things. Bohemian Grove is a remote, restricted, security patrolled 2,700 acre campground surrounded by redwoods and Douglas firs in Northern California. It is a place where the nation's elite, wealthy businessmen, media executives, government officials, former presidents and other powerful people hang out with artists and musicians who were invited there. Pee Wee Herman, Dr. Phil. A lot of people have heard of Bohemian Grove as a place where the elite go to, I guess, blow off steam and plan and conspire to fuck everybody over. Real quick, I, b I believe, just for context, I believe there was a scene set somewhere similar to this in uh, a House of Cards episode. Yeah, it was, called, it was yeah. called Elysian Fields in House of Cards. It was also something similar was also depicted uh, around True Detective season two. Yep. I'm a fan of True Detective. I even enjoyed season two. Anyway, it is constantly referenced in popular media, especially around America's elite doing nasty, gross things, having a great time and also scheming and plotting. Jeffrey Epstein is closely associated with these theories. I'm not going to go into a full plug here, but I will just mention we did do a deep dive on the Jeffrey Epstein, the whole, the whole deal with Jeffrey Epstein in one of our recent Patreon exclusive bonus episodes, which you can find at patreon.com slash tennispod. Why are the world elite doing these strange rituals, uh, which have been confirmed, right? There, there, yeah, well, there are I'm, rituals. I'm going to get to the. I'm going to get to the rituals. So I think mo most people have heard about Bohemian Grove. It's, it's in Northern California. It's secluded. It's where Kevin Spacey and a bunch of politicians get together to hang out, high five, and something goes on there. Mm -hmm. But Bohemian Grove is a location. It's not the name of the group. The group is actually Bohemian Club. The Bohemian Club. And the Bo Bohemian Grove is only one location uh, which the Bohemian Club congregates. Uh, the other location is a clubhouse in San Francisco. I actually read a lot of interesting stuff about gentlemen's clubs. Gentlemen's club, you know, now a gentleman's club usually means a titty bar. But uh, <laughs> uh, back in the day, a gentleman's club was the kind of place where the middle class and upper middle class or, or even the wealthy, it was a place for them to go and like be themselves not around women and kids. 
their nagging wives. I right? guess. Yeah. It was a place for, it was their man caves, the place where they could go and drink, pee outside, uh, <laughs> fart in yeah. front of each other and, <laughs> and plot to take over the government. So, Bohe- I also found it very interesting how Bohemian Club actually started. So, when you think of wealthy conservative businessmen and politicians, Bohemian is not the word that comes to mind, right? No. What do you think of when you think of a Bohemian? Bohemian would be something um, kind of unpolished, unrefined. Unconventional. Unconventional. Yeah, why don't you just tell me what it means? Yeah, so, uh, b- the Bohemian lifestyle is, is something that started to come about in popularity just after the American Civil War. It was really an art movement based around those who were interested in art, the appreciation of art in all of its forms. It doesn't really ring true for some of these uh, wealthy, for any of these wealthy businessmen. Richard Nixon was not a bohemian. But the men who started Bohemian Club were. They were primarily journalists who had covered the American Civil War. So, they had seen some shit and they wanted a place where they could get together and shoot the shit about journalism, state of affairs in the nation, but also appreciate art in all its forms. So, they came up with the Bohemian Club. Now, to bring artists in, whether those are opera singers, poets, playwrights, to bring them into the club to enjoy their art, they had to make friends with some wealthier patrons. So, they expanded their membership to let some wealthier members of the community in because they could patronize the arts and these fellow artists could enjoy it. Well, just like everything, once you give the rich dicks an inch, they're going to take a mile. So, they got, they got a foot in the door and over the years, the emphasis on membership among those in the journalism profession or arts-related profession was replaced by those wealthy and elite. Now, the wealthy and elite that are a part of Bohemian Club still ostensibly appreciate the arts and although there's different levels of membership and artists and entertainers are usually like guests or like very, very low level members. So, they get to come and hang out and perform or high five people. The full members are guys like George H.W. Bush, George Bush, Richard Nixon, Dude, it's weird to think about George W. Bush like in a fucking black robe. So, so yeah, you're, you keep talking about the, um, the weird shit that they do there. Some, some stuff that they do at Bohemian Grove are rituals. Uh, they put on hooded robes and they perform, they write and perform plays uh, that have deep meanings uh, and then they perform a ceremony each year called the Cremation of Care. Uh, during the Cremation of Care, uh, care, it sounds as though the, the act is, you know, they're burning all their cares away. This is a, a, a ritual to uh, renew whatever, carefree, worry-free lifestyle. And even the motto, the club motto of Bohemian Club is, weaving spiders come not here, which means don't bring your, your schemes and business deals in here. Uh, we're going to ignore that stuff. This is a place... Right, this is a place to relax and leave your schemes at the door but… Which is bullshit. Clearly not what they're up to. Now, so the ceremony, cremation of care involves they pull across the lake a small boat that contains an effigy called care and then dark hooded figures receive from the ferryman the effigy which is then placed on an altar at the end of the ceremony and set on fire and the ceremony takes place in front of an owl shrine. Uh, sometimes referred to as the Babylonian god Moloch, represented by an owl. This yeah, giant. Don't, you don't have a giant owl shrine in your home, Brandon? I'm working on it. It's extremely expensive. Now, Bohemian Grove's 40 foot tall hollow owl statue, it's made to look like a natural rock formation, but it holds uh, electrical and audio equipment within it. And during the ceremony, a recording is used as the voice of the owl. Uh, that voice used to be club guest Walter Cronkite huh. and now the music and pyrotechnics accompany the ritual for dramatic effect. Now, there's footage on YouTube, there's footage out there on the internet of this ceremony and it is courtesy of uh, friend to conspiracies, not friend of the show but friend to conspiracy Alex Jones. 
uh, big fat Alex Jones in the yeah. year 2000 took a cameraman with him. And so, he snuck through the woods in the dark to and he like, I think he might have even swam like it's this place is rural as fuck and it's also patrolled by security guards. So, it is kind of cool that this like fat high strung man infiltrated with a cameraman and has some of this stuff on footage. Now, he's nuts. I'm sure he, I can't remember exactly but he's very sweaty and talking excitedly. (laughs) excitedly about like goat sacrifice and stuff. He, I don't know. He, Alex Jones is big on conspiracies and he, he's like one of the big proponents of the Sandy Hook shooting being a conspiracy. So, if that rings any bells for our listeners. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's quite the piece of shit. But anyway, this thing he did was really entertaining. So, it was in the year 2000, he took a cameraman infiltrated Bohemian Grove. Now, he expected to find like goat sex and human sacrifice beneath Moloch. He didn't quite find that. He you know, he found these old farts in robes acting like dorks and doing this uh, ceremony. But he claimed that the cremation of care was an ancient Canaanite, Luciferian, Babylonian mystery religion ceremony. After Alex Jones did this, he got a lot of publicity, even in the year 2000, when I don't think news traveled quite as quickly no. On the internet uh, in the year 2000 uh, because social media wasn't around, like Google wasn't around. So, despite that, he made kind of a big splash in the following years for this infiltration. So, a British journalist called John Ronson covered Bohemian Grove and Alex Jones's investigation. And so, what uh, journalist John Ronson wrote about cremation of care ritual, he said, my lasting impression was of an all-pervading sense of immaturity. The Elvis impersonators, the pseudo-pagan spooky rituals, the heavy drinking. These people might have reached the apex of their professions, but emotionally, they seemed trapped in their college years. Okay. A lot to unpack here. So, first of all, let's acknowledge that I'm sure there is a decent chunk of our listeners who've never heard these theories. Mm -hmm. So, their heads might be spinning right now. And I want to re-emphasize that everything Brandon has set up to this point is fact. Like, that we, have, we have evidence that these rituals are taking place. So, for those listeners where their head is spinning and they don't understand, try to explain, and you kind of did there at the end, but try to explain why. Why is this happening? Why are the, these super powerful men... Let's assume nothing else nefarious is happening at this place. Oh, the, uh, oh there is. I know I, we have documented proof of something so nefarious, it has completely altered the course of history for the entire world. Okay. Well, well hang on. Uh, before okay. you get into it, I just, I just want to explain, try to explain to people like why, what, what rationale could these people have for, because clearly they've invited entertainers and things that can go out and tell people what's happening there. There's levels and the people who are invited as guests are not privy to the, the true debauchery, to the scheming and planning. There's lots of things going on here. Well, there could be a reason that they, they kind of secretly let Alex Jones in, like let him think he's infiltrating but let him in on an occasion where they knew like the low-level shit would be happening so that he would report it. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. He would report this shit and people could be like, okay, they're doing weird shit but they're not sacrificing people and, and then they kind of move on. I don't think they sacrifice people at Bohemian Grove, but I think the people who do sacrifice people attend Bohemian Grove okay. or the people who look the other way when elements of the CIA use human sacrifice as a, a, a means to control, manipulate or yeah. That I, 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 guess, I guess I'm just trying to get to the root of like because for people that aren't as into conspiracies like you and I and there's a lot of them listening right now. This might all just sound like hokey as shit, like if you're hearing it for the first time. So, I kind of want to like try to make them understand why Bohemian Grove even exists for modern day elite politicians and etc. What one, uh, I would say a smaller reason is, uh, you know, the sh- a shared experience that could equally be used as blackmail for anyone. If you're all in the same place, if you're all doing the same bad things, then you're all sharing one or more of each other's worst secrets. So, now you have a bond for better or for worse around some kind of mutually assured destruction. If one member of this group uh, lets loose a secret about what was done there, then he could, can and should expect swift and powerful retribution from the others in the group. Part of it is for blackmail. You're in this club, 
And now, you're, like once you're in, once you've seen this shit or done this shit, you're in and you have to keep your mouth shut. But the other thing is uh, they're wheeling and dealing. This is a chance for the highest up of the highest up for top government officials to meet outside of the public eye with titans of industry and, and scheme to steal money from others or to screw other people over, screw other countries. So, let me give you an example of what the, what the wealthy have come together to accomplish at Bohemian Grove. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Manhattan Project? Vaguely. The, Man- the Manhattan Project is the project during World War II that took place in Los Alamos, New Mexico mm-hmm. that invented the atomic bomb. Yep. The Manhattan Project planning meeting originally took place at Bohemian Grove in September 1942. Nuclear physicists Ernest Lawrence and J. Robert Oppenheimer. You've heard Robert Oppenheimer's name before, right? Mm-hmm. I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. The presidents of Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, executives from Standard Oil and General Electric, as well as military officials, were all attending Bohemian Grove and planned the Manhattan Project during a, like a weekend retreat. It resulted in the atomic bomb, which, like I said, completely changed the course of human history. Uh, explain for the folks at home what an atomic bomb is and how it changed the course of human history. Is that <laughs> they might they might have? Um, you're not talking like a candy, right? An atomic bomb, and you're you know. No, like it's a, not an atomic warhead sucker. Or a firework. No. Or okay. It's a big, big kablooey with lots of oh. radiation. Hmm. It is the most destructive violent weapon that man has ever come up with. And the idea for it came from Bohemian Grove, a bunch of rich dicks at Bohemian Grove who wanted to win the war but also uh, make it, god damn it, Chewy. Be nice to Chewy. But also make a shitload of money. That's our uh, producer, Chewy the dog. And, well, here's the other thing. The other reports from it is that they are, that this is just what journalist John Ronson said is that in between the wheeling and dealing and scheming and conspiring, these dorks, I mean, Brett Kavanaugh is a perfect example of the kind of douchebag that hangs out at Bohemian Grove. He is a Supreme Court justice. He's just an overgrown, like kind of idiot frat boy. Yeah, this was the guy that was accused of... Um... He was accused of sexually assaulting or, or raping Christine Blasey Ford and other women. Anyway, this idiot is the kind of guy who goes to Bohemian Grove and reportedly these in between all the scheming and conspiracy, these guys are drinking a bunch of beer and peeing in the woods and Mm -hmm. running around with their shirts off. Now, Richard Nixon spoke about it once. I've mentioned his words before here but it always makes me laugh and so, I'm going to read it again. So, uh, President Richard Nixon, May 13th, 1971 was recorded speaking about Bohemian Grove. And here are his words. He says, the Bohemian Grove, uh, which I attend from time to time, it is the most faggy goddamn thing you could ever imagine. (laughs) (sighs) Which makes me feel a little bit better about what goes on there. But maybe if Nixon is like not into it, then they kind of de-level him a little bit, you know? But being an conspiring in an evil way is his fucking favorite thing to do. I think there must be a lot more like, you know, putting on dark robes and just jerking each other off. I think there's probably a lot of circle jerks. I think it's part of the ritual. It has to be a circle jerk. But I mean, there's definitely theories about children and or women being abused there as part of rituals, right? Or facilities near there. Yeah. Okay. So, that's all I have on it. There's a lot. There is a lot on Bohemian Grove but I tried to cover exactly what it is or the Bohemian Club, what it is and the history of it. One second. There was a... uh... Okay. There is a movie on Netflix I watched one time called The Conspiracy. came out in 2012. Mm -hmm. It's based on a group of friends infiltrating Bohemian Grove. That might be worth watching too if you're... uh... It's fictional? It's it's fictional but it's based on Bohemian Grove. Let me so, tell you uh, some of the um, members. Now, a lot of the members are not names that you would immediately recognize. Now, you would recognize Ronald Reagan, Theodore Roosevelt, 
George H.W. Bush. But Ronald Reagan would never do anything naughty, Brandon. Well, not that he remembered. Warren Christopher. So, he's dead now. Died in 97. But he was an American lawyer, diplomat, and politician. During Bill Clinton's first term of president, he served as the 63rd Secretary of State. So, a former Secretary of State is on this list. Let me find another guy who just looks like an old white guy with a big mustache. So, it's a male-only private club. Regular full members are usually wealthy and influential men who pay full membership fees and dues. And they usually have to wait about 15 years for an opening because the club limits itself to about 2,700 men. There are four women who have been made honorary members. They were made in the first two decades, but they weren't given full privileges. I was going to say, you'd think they'd be under fire more often for women being excluded. Like in this day and age, like that would, you know, it's just... Yeah. Kind of weird. Now, several honorary members never took them up on the offer. So, Mark Twain was an honorary member, but he never, there's no record of him visiting the club. So, each member is associated with a different camp. Uh, there's 118 different rustic sleeping and leisure quarters. And I wonder how fucking rustic these are. Mm -hmm. Each member sleeps during the two weeks, three weekends of annual summer activity in July. Uh, those camps are the main means by which high-level business and political contacts and friendships are formed. And butt buddies, am I right? Yeah, these, these old fuckers go to camp every summer and drink beer and circle jerk and pretend to worship the devil. How does the president of the United States have time to even do that? Well, these are former presidents. I don't think the current president. I think the for current president just goes to Camp David and has all of his perverts uh, come in to visit him. Yeah. Okay. So, good times. That should make you feel good about the world's elite, Bohemian Grove. And for more on Bohemian Grove, again, I direct you to the Queen hit, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> you ready for me to tell you one of mine? Tell me a conspiracy. Okay, I'm going to tell you my lesser known one first and then we'll go back to you for yours and then we'll end on my big one. <laughs> That's what she said. Mm. Like big penis. Yeah, like a big, but not about... Like a yeah. big, big fat penis. Okay, what can you tell us? What can you tell the folks at home about big fat penis? Don't, is, know, don't know anything about him. Uh, neither does Richard Nixon apparently. Have you heard of the new chronology theory? New chronology. No, I haven't. Wait, is this where um, like there's a conspiracy to hide events in the past or throw us off of how far we've come from the past? Yeah. Let me read you this quote from Wikipedia. Uh, also known as the false history conspiracy theory. It is a pseudo-historical theory which argues that the conventional chronology of Middle Eastern and European history is fundamentally flawed and that events attributed to the civilizations of the Roman Empire, ancient Greece, and ancient Egypt actually occurred during the Middle Ages more than a thousand years later. And this theory stuck out to me because I remember I've said this on, a, on an episode once um, long ago, but I used to have dreams when I was a kid that uh, all of history up until recently was uh, made up or fabricated. So, in my dreams, earth and time and history, at least in like American history, started not long before, you know, our grandparents were born and that everything before that had been just made up and written into books. So, obviously, silly dream. But because of th that always stuck with me, so this theory stood out to me as it's basically saying that history as we know it in the history books for all these huge influential civilizations, Roman Empire, ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, uh, occurred a thousand years later than said and that even the events of those times were fabricated. Let me read a little more here. It says, The central concepts of the new chronology are derived from the ideas of Russian scholar Nikolai Morozov, listener of the show, although work by French scholar blah 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 who gives a shit. The new chronology also contains a reconstruction, an alternative chronology, radically shorter than the standard historical timeline because all ancient history is, quote, folded onto the Middle Ages. According to mathematician Anatoly Fomenko, he claims that the written history of humankind goes only as far back as AD 800. There is almost no information about events between 800 and 1000 AD 
And most known historical events took place in AD 1000 to AD 1500. So, the year 1500, he's saying, you know, some of these events that are claimed to have taken place in ancient Egypt, which is, you know, thousands of years BC, actually took place around the time that Christopher Columbus uh, sailed to North America. What the fuck? What do you say to all that, Brandon? I mean, I'm really interested in it, but what kind of, where's the, what kind of the evidence? evidence? Yeah, yeah. So, the new chronology is rejected by mainstream historians and is inconsistent <laughs> with facts. <laughs> the majority of scientific commentators consider the new chronology to be pseudoscientific, which means uh, the claims do not run by the mm-hmm. scientific method, whatever bullshit. Okay. Here are the specific claims. Some of this is kind of dry, so feel free to cut in. Uh, but Historians and translators often assign different dates and locations to different accounts of the same historical events, creating multiple, quote, phantom copies of these events. These phantom copies are often misstated by centuries or even millennia and end up incorporated into conventional chronology. So, you get, you get what that means? Yeah. Okay. Uh, different historians, scientists, etc., they assign different dates and locations to the same events and over time, those just kind of get uh, absorbed into larger conventional chronology. The book of Revelation, as we know it, contains a horoscope dated the 25th of September through the 10th of October, 1486. As we have already noted, the inability of the Latter-day commentators to comprehend the astronomical symbolism of the apocalypse is directly resulting from the loss of knowledge about the correct and the distortions introduced by historians of the 16th through 18th century. So, I just had a lot of bullshit there, but it all boils down to the fact that these guys claim there's evidence pointing to the fact that history as we know it was kind of lumped together and not an actual correct accurate telling of when these events took place. And from what I can tell, there's not a ton of viable scientific evidence for this. <laughs> I was going to say, I think like carbon dating pretty much fucks all that up, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think this is true, but I think it's at least interesting to talk about because the what if what if we did find conclusive evidence someday that the history of humankind is not nearly as old as we thought and that this isn't in this theory, it was in my dreams, but I'm going to layer the shit on here. But like, it, it would be like people like Christopher Columbus didn't even exist. Someone just made them up. They're just written into history books to explain, yeah. Kind of like, kind of like the Bible, like shit's just written into ex- or, or, or any religion. Shit is written down to explain things we don't understand. So, where did North America come from? Who found it? Well, let's just write about this guy named Christopher Columbus and attribute it all to him. Yeah. A lot of the theories are derived around uh, astronomy. And you mentioned carbon dating. This guy who's kind of taken ownership of this theory, Anatoly Faminko, he says, archaeological, dendrochronological, paleographical and carbon methods of dating of ancient sources and artifacts are both non-exact and contradictory. Therefore, there is not a single piece of firm written evidence or artifact that could be reliably and independently dated earlier than the 11th century. I don't understand how carbon dating is not reliable. He cites a number of cases where carbon dating of a series of objects of known age gave significantly different dates. The reliability of results from radiocarbon dating can be improved by lengthening the time it takes to test. So, if God you damn, are... this shit's dry. We should probably move on. So, but... it seems like it's relative... I don't know, man. I trust like a whole shitload of scientists. Yeah, we, we... this is out of our wheelhouse. Well, I, let's just close the book on this theory with... Uh, tell me your reaction if you saw a news report, breaking news report that interrupted every TV station uh, while you're watching your your foosball game one Sunday evening and the report said, breaking news, we now have concrete evidence that human history did not actually begin until a few hundred years ago. All these famous figures from the past were made up, fabricated, fictional. What would your reaction be? I mean, I guess I would definitely have like an intellectual curiosity and probably kind of fuck up the way that I think about everything that I've read or been educated with. But it doesn't change anything about my day-to-day life. I know that at the very least, everything that happened from like 1800 to now really did happen. Uh, And everything before that, it doesn't really change the fact that like, I got to go get the oil changed in the car tomorrow. Like That's not going to change that. I mean, I guess you're not wrong, but it would change things like 
the the famous wars of the past, Napoleon and... How would we ever find out the real history then? I don't fucking know. This is all just made up bullshit. We're just talking. We're just spit. We're just shitting here. Like, I'd be fascinated by it, but I don't think it would like rock me to my core. I would just be extremely interested. No but... George Washington, no Ben Franklin. I don't give a fuck about those guys. <laughs> okay. Well, every time uh, someone says like, who, if you could have dinner with anyone, you know, living or dead, and someone says George Washington, I'm like, or Ben Franklin, I'm like, those guys would be so fucking boring and stinky as hell. Well, the, if you're having dinner with them, someone's probably getting them in the shower, getting them dressed. I mean, you're having dinner with them today, right? They wouldn't be dressed. So, they're going to have handlers like famous people. They'll have security. They'll have people, you know, trying to walk them through like, hey, George, by the way, we have fucking iPhones now. Would they put them in period dress or would they be like, oh, we wear suits now? I think they'd let, leave that up to George, but they would at least say like, we got to wash your clothes. We got to get you in a bath. And George would be like, but I took a bath last month. Who's going to brush these teeth? <laughs> Imagine George Washington stepping through whatever goddamn portal to enter today's world. Mm -hmm. Would he just have a stroke and die immediately from shock? He'd be very disappointed. Why? Look at all the cool shit. There's planes flying around. He warned us about a two-party political system. That would really chap his ass right off the bat. You think he's going to step into this world and the first thing he's going to think about is, holy shit, there's two political parties? You think he's going to care about that before he been like, holy shit, look at these nachos. Where'd these come from? There's well, fucking chili cheese fries now? We, we covered holy where shit. nachos come from. But George doesn't know that. And he's he, like, the first oh, thing I he's going to watch do, a political debate on television? The first thing he's going to do when he steps out of that portal is subscribe to the Tennis Podcast. Yeah, no, of course. And start listening. Yeah. Shout out to George who, who may or may not be listening to us as we speak. Has been uh, resurrected for my dinner. I don't want to go to dinner with him. <laughs> okay, you have to. If I had to have a dinner with a dead historical figure. Jesus, easy for me. Well. No, and now here's what I'm saying. Because I think I've read this before. I could be wrong. But I think I've read before that they have evidence of a man named Jesus. Well, yeah. Like, and that claim to be, Je you know, the son of God. There's evidence of that person existing. Right. You know, whether or not he was the son of God is, is the question. I'd like to have dinner with that guy because he either was the son of God and he can prove it to me somehow or he was full of shit and he was a con man the whole time or he's crazy and he m mistakenly thinks he's the son of God. So, in either scenario... All he's bringing is bread and wine though. No, he's bringing loaves of bread and fish and he's feeding the whole damn restaurant. Yeah, that's right. We don't need anything else. Just, hey man, fucking... Don't you think it'd be interesting to talk to him? When you started making the loaves and fish, you, what you should tell them is, hey, have you ever been to Red Robin? They've got these <laughs> bottomless fries. And they got the campfire sauce. I want, every time I reach into this bowl, Jesus, what we're going to do here is skip the waiter who is too slow to be, who isn't Johnny on the spot with the fries. <laughs> Jesus, don't let this bowl get empty. He's like, but these are potatoes, Brandon. I can only do this with bread and fish. <laughs> So that's his excuse to uh, not have to do it. Uh, when I go to Red Robin, man, I just tell him, keep the fucking fries coming. When, when I'm serious. When they first come up, I say, I want fries on a continual... Uh, what I've learned about myself is... You're a pig. I have self-control in a lot of areas. But if there's fucking Red Robin french fries with campfire sauce in front of me, I'm eating it. Sorry. You turn into Cookie Monster? I turn into Cookie Monster when it comes to Red Robin fries. So, that's George Washington and Jesus. But if Ben Franklin stepped through the portal and was resurrected to come have dinner with you, he'd have to tell his handler to let you know he'll be late because he's stopping by the fucking Hooters on the way. Oh, Get a good look. He wouldn't bother with Hooters. He would go straight to the grossest dive strip joint in town. He'd be sitting in the corner uh, with his sunglasses on. No, he would have his chin resting on the stage. <sighs> and then he'd be like, so, you know, I invented electricity. But not, that's not even true if my version of the new chronology theory is correct. Um, I have one more theory I want to touch on real quick and that's the conspiracy theory of you engulfing a hot dog at the Atlanta airport down your throat. Wait, this is your other one you brought? No, this oh. is a bonus third one. Oh. That's hashtag hot dog Brandon. No, that shit happened. So, why don't you give us your other theory? What do you know about Prince Charles? 
Isn't that also like a sex move thing? No. You're thinking Isn't of... that like you give someone a Prince Charles? That's a thing, right? I don't think so. His brother is Prince Andrew. He's been in the news lately because of his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, I think I'm thinking of a Prince Albert. Isn't You're thinking like of a, a Prince Albert. No, it's getting your... The, I think it's getting your dick, dick pierced. pierced. Yeah. yeah. No, no. God damn. This is uh, Prince Charles, which is a different thing you do with your dick. Yep. Does he strike you as, um, as a scary individual? Dude, is he the prince now? Yeah. He's I don't a... keep up with the royal family at all. So, like, I... Prince Charles is the son of the Queen of England. He was married to Princess Diana of Wales. That guy. Okay. Right. I was thinking of his kids, I think. No. No. Which, not Prince Harry and George. Harry and William. Harry and William. William, whatever. No. All right. Prince Charles. Prince Charles. In 2012, the Romanian National Tourist Office revealed that His Royal Highness Prince Charles Philip Arthur George, Prince of Wales, KGKT, GCBOM, AKA QSO, PC, ADC, Earl of Chester, Duke of- What the hell is all that? That's part of his title. It's all the letters. Now, I got to start all over. I knew you were going to do that. I got to start all over. What's all the letters? I don't know. It's part of his title. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's part of it. God, this is bullshit. Do your research next time. His Royal Highness Prince Charles Philip Arthur George, Prince of Wales, KG, KT, GCB, OM, AK, QSO, PCADC, Earl of Chester, Duke of Cornwall, Earl, Duke of Rothesay, Earl of Carrick, Baron of Renfrew, Lord of the Isles, and Prince and Great Steward of Scotland is a fucking vampire. Oh, god damn it. First of all, Earl. The Earl of Chester. Uh, remember that Dixie Chick song, Earl Had to Die or whatever the hell? Yeah. She Why? fed him poison baked or uh, black eyed peas. Is this guy still alive? Who, Earl? Charles, uh, Prince Charles, the guy we're talking about. Yeah, he's alive. He's going to live for fucking ever. Okay. So, why is he a vampire? Because he feeds on the blood of the living. Oh, uh, it's because he can trace his bloodline back to Transylvania's Vlad the Impaler, the 15th century nobleman whose <laughs> deeds inspired the vampire legend. Now, Vlad the Impaler had fucking spooky eyes and a handlebar mustache and he if went, he existed at all, right? He did. He had his enemies stuck through with spears and then the spears were planted in the ground. So, there, there were just fields of men impaled on spears hanging there slowly dying. Yeah, big whoop. Some say Romania has exploited this fact in an attempt to boost tourism. They used a video with Prince Charles saying, Transylvania is in my blood. The genealogy shows I am descended from Vlad the Impaler, so I do have a bit of stake in the country. Now, he used two vampire puns there. He said, Transylvania is in my blood, and so I do have a bit of a stake in the country. I have a lot of questions. He's aware of this theory of himself? Yeah. Well, I think he knows that people are on to it, but he doesn't give a fuck because... Transylvania is not a real place. Yes, it is. It is not. Yes, it is. It's a part of Romania. Is that where Vlad lived? Yes. I don't know my vampire history, I guess. Transyl I, mean, I knew who Vlad was, but I didn't know Transylvania was real. I thought that was made up for the Dracula story. No, it's in Romania. It's in, what's, it's in modern day Romania in the Carpathian Mountains. Wow. There's proof. I've done my research. Does anyone live there? Yes. I'm about to tell you who lives okay. there. All right. I'm sorry. Now, something called porphyria, a disease called porphyria, runs in the royal family. It is an iron deficiency, low blood, not enough blood. It leaves the affected pale and prone to sunburn. <laughs> okay. Now, in 2006, Prince Charles, his royal highness, purchased a farmhouse. In Wait, you're not going to go through all of his titles again? I can. He purchased a farmhouse in rural Transylvania to rest on the cursed soil of his homeland. He, ha he bought a house specifically in Transylvania out in the country so that he could sleep in the dirt from which his evil family is descended. Now, what else do we know about vampires? They wear capes, right? So, I googled pictures of Prince Charles wearing a cape. How often do you see anybody wearing a cape nowadays? Rarely. Not often. This fucker has 
tons of pictures of him in a cape, and that cape is blood red. Is he the queen? Is he the son of the queen? Yeah. You know, all you had to do to believe your theory was to tell me to look up a picture of this guy, because that's all I needed. I believe I'm all in on this theory. He looks like an old vampire, right? Yeah, definitely a vampire. But he, so he wears a blood red cape. He wears a blood red cape. He made those vampire puns. And so you, I don't know if you remember this, because you don't seem to, it's weird that you're puzzled about ancient history when you don't even seem to remember like 20 years ago history. Yep. In the 90s, you know, Prince Charles and Princess Diana, they got a divorce, right? Did you know okay. they got divorced or separated? Yeah. Well, they got divorced or separated because the woman that he was dating and in love with before he was made to marry Diana uh, was a woman that he's married to now, Camilla Parker Bowles, right? Bowles? Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S. She, he has been into Camilla since like the 70s, right? Before he got married. The 1870s? In the early 90s, they were having an affair and there was a recording that was released, uh, it was leaked and a transcript was published in the British tabloids. It was talking dirty on the phone to Camilla. Oh my God. And it was within this conversation that he revealed he wanted to be her tampon. What? Charles said, oh God. I'll just live inside your trousers or something. It would be much easier. Camilla laughs. She says, what are you going to turn into? A pair of knickers? And they both laughed. She says, oh, you're going to come back as a pair of knickers. And Charles says, oh, God forbid, a Tampax. Just my luck. And they laugh. And then she says... <laughs> it's the most British shit I've ever heard. And she says, you are a complete idiot. And she laughs and says, oh, what a wonderful idea. I ask you... What gets more blood than a tampon? A decapitated head. He's dreaming about all the blood he could get yeah. straight from the source. Yeah. If he were to transmogrify himself, not into a bat, but into an evil tampon. To whatify himself? Transmogrify. That's what um, when vampires get all freaked out or they got to take off, when they got to peace out, they turn into a bat or a dog or a wolf and they take they off. They don't do dog and wolf, do they? I thought it was a bat thing. They can turn into anything. They can turn into spiders, crows, whatever. Then, wh then why do they always do the bat? Because it's cool. And because there's vampire bats. They feel at home in a, the body of a bat. But I guess he is also thinking about turning into a tampon. Yeah. Now, I also did some more research, some image-based research, and I looked for pictures of him. Sucking on a tampon? No, with a mirror. And he, okay. I could not find a picture of his, ref, his mirror reflection. That one is inconclusive. Now, this is another one that is going to blow your fucking hair back. What's another thing we know about vampires? What are vampires afraid of or what repels a vampire? Garlic. Garlic. Is this where you tell me there's no pictures of him holding a garlic? Because there's no pictures of me holding garlic either. The Queen of England has banned garlic from the palace. She has restricted chefs from ever using garlic. Does he still live with his mommy? Yes. Why I don't know. No, no, just listen. Newsweek magazine reported this. Camilla Parker Bowles, she was asked about any food no-nos on a food show. She was appearing on MasterChef Australia. And they asked her, are there any foods the queen says no to? And she says, I hate to say this, but garlic, garlic is a no-no. The queen is trying to protect her vampire family. She said, keep that garlic shit out of here. Every time my son gets near it, he burns alive. But, uh, she, so, the wife, uh, his wife, the balls lady, Bowles? Bowles, Camilla. She's a vampire too? No. She just knows. Well, he said, okay. She said, I hate to say this, but garlic, garlic is a well, no-no. Wouldn't that mean the queen is also a vampire? A vampress? Probably. All I know is she banned garlic. Okay. Well, I'm sure there's pictures of her with a mirror. Hey, don't get... <laughs> don't fall too down the fucking rabbit hole here. We don't know everything about vampires. That's what we're here for. I, ha I did see there's a lot of pictures of him in the sunlight. Okay. Well, that's a, that should be a no-no. That's a point against me. So, I know sunlight is a no-no. Look, I took a sniff... Hmm. of a conspiracy and did my own research and found multiple pieces of evidence. Where's his fangs? In his teeth, in his mouth. Yeah, but there's no, I've seen his teeth. There's no fangs. They might be retractable. I don't know. We haven't caught a vampire and studied it yet. Not that we know of. 
CIA, I mean, if there's vampires out there, CIA has them, right? I don't think they can hold them. I Why? think probably oh, one of these. Because they just turn into a tampon and then the CIA agent's like, hey, we lost our vampire, but we got a, there's this tampon in his cell. <laughs> and then they throw it They throw it in the trash. There's a black tampon with bat wings flying around in there. <laughs> okay. Well, good, good investigative journalism, Brandon. Thank you. Prince Charles vampire, you heard it here first. I broke the story. Should we dive into my last theory here? Let's get it. I know you're aware of this one, but I'm going to set the stage first. The Denver International Airport is an international airport in the western United States and at 33,500 acres, it is the largest airport in North America by total land area and the second largest in the entire world. With over 35,000 employees, the airport is the largest employer in the entire state of Colorado. A few more facts here and I'll tell you why I'm telling you this shit here in a second. As of 2018, the Denver International Airport is the 20th busiest airport in the entire world, the fifth busiest in the U.S. by passenger traffic, handling over 64 million passengers. The airport is the fourth largest hub for United Airlines, the largest hub for Frontier Airlines, and the main operating base for Southwest Airlines. Brandon, why am I telling you all this shit about the Denver Airport? Because it is fucking creepy. Uh, these theories most commonly claim that the airport is a new secret headquarters or compound used by the Illuminati, Illuminati New World Order, neo-Nazis, or reptoids. These claims are usually based on a number of things I'm going to get through. Now, this probably sounds far-fetched if you haven't heard this theory, but there is some compelling evidence that might make you um, rethink your initial reaction. Tell us then. That, no, that's all I got. Oh. It's been a great show, everyone. We'll see you next week. I'm looking at pictures of the Denver airport. Let me tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name off a few theories and then we'll talk about them at the end, okay? Okay. Or, th these are the evidence in favor of conspiracy theories. I'm pulling some of these quotes from boredomtherapy.com. People have long considered why the Denver airport was even built to begin with because the... They already had an airport. They already had a major airport in operation called the Stapleton Airport. It's nearby where the new Denver Airport is now. And the Denver Airport, I mentioned a minute ago, it's the second largest by, by space in the entire world. Why would Denver build such an expensive, lengthy project when it was unnecessary? They already had a fully functional large airport. Theorists believe that this new airport was a ploy to cover up a larger project with a massive construction site. Spreading upwards of 35,000 acres of land, the Denver airport is enormous. Not only is it the second largest airport in the world, but it's more than double the size of the next largest airport in the United States. Double the size of the next biggest airport. In the end, its construction cost builders to go over $2 billion over budget. But that's not all. Perhaps strangest of all is that despite its undeniably massive size, the Denver airport doesn't have even as many runways as the previous Stapleton airport had. And it wasn't even one of the top five busiest airports in the US. In other words, why double the size of the existing airport when at the time it wasn't even one of the five busiest in the US? Right. Over two billion over budget. So, why did they need this huge airport on all this land? Some people think that it was built to conceal massive top secret underground bunkers. There are multiple theories as to why these bunkers exist, including the bunkers being a home for aliens that the space will be used as a FEMA concentration camp in the future when the U.S. government will kill its own citizens, or that the space is intended to be a fallout shelter for the wealthy and famous should the Earth face some sort of apocalyptic disaster. That's the one I believe. Yeah, there are blueprints out there that, that confirm, and the airport themselves have confirmed that there is underground tunnels and access ways underneath the airport, although they claim that's for, you know, operation of the airport. Can I make a point about that? They yeah. claim that they are for operation of the airport, including the transfer of luggage, but those underground tunnels are large enough to drive large trucks through. Yeah. In fact, the underground tunnels occupy 470,000 square feet. So, some counterpoints to this. According to the Denver Post, the space below the Denver airport is a thriving workplace that serves a very practical purpose in which more than 1,000 employees work every day. Reporters from the paper were given a tour of the underground facilities and reported back that nothing seems amiss. But that's what they want you to think. I'm not convinced just based on that. 
But let me tell you, so we keep talking about um, why was this airport even built when they had a fully operational large airport not far from this one? The counterpoint to that is that Stapleton, the former airport, was at capacity for gate space, airline traffic, and could not add space without expanding into the Rocky Mountain Arsenal, Chemical Weapons Center, and later a Superfund site that would have required expensive decontamination. So that's like one reason that a counter theorist would say is why they did that. Mm -hmm. Let me read some more theories outside of the space. If anyone's ever traveled through the airport, you might not even notice these because, you know, when you're in an airport, you're sometimes in a hurry or you're just on your phone, whatever the fuck. But these are out there right now. You can go to the airport today and see these. They have these huge murals throughout the airport on their walls. Um, And these murals are undoubtedly strange and bizarre to have in an airport. Just search for Denver Airport artwork or Denver Airport murals on Google Images and you'll see these. Over the years, this art has been considered so unsettling that some of it had to be removed to appease travelers. There's one in particular that's still on display of a Nazi-esque soldier sporting a gas mask while carrying a large sword and rifle. So, in this image, this mural, I'm going to explain it. There, there is a huge Nazi-like soldier and he is holding a sword and a gun. Mm-hmm. He's standing near destroyed buildings. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Underneath him are uh, weeping mothers holding what appear to be dead babies. Yeah, they're kind of behind him, lined up and looking down and crying. Yeah. He's also seemingly attacking a dove, which is an international sign of peace. In the background, children sleep in a demolished city while adults mourn. Um, Many people have long believed the painting represents biological warfare. Why are there murals depicting apocalypse and Nazi soldiers attacking doves over crying citizens? That's strange, right? Like, can you explain why an airport would have that on display? One of the images is, is a dead little girl hold, in a casket holding her Bible. Yeah. And there's also a 32-foot tall sculpture of a blue horse outside the airport. And his name is Blue Mustang. He has red eyes that shine in the night. And while being installed, this horse, known informally as Blucifer, fell on top of its human creator, killing him. Yep. Did you know there's another, there's a, another one of them? There's another one of those horses, the, that sculpture, and it's located on the north end of the University of Oklahoma campus in Norman. I used to walk past it all the time when I was in school and its eyes also glow red at night. It stands out. It has, has nothing to do with the rest of the art or, or the University of Oklahoma. The city of Norman, the University of Oklahoma and the Denver airport have nothing to do with a Mustang horse. So, there's not even like a reason for it to be there. No. He is scary as hell. Yeah. You can look up the Denver airport horse statue to see a picture of that. So, why? Why does the airport have this? It's either A, they're trying to showing your face while laughing behind your back that like we're showing them that the end of the world is coming and there's nothing they can do about it. Or B, you know, there are no conspiracies and they just have really fucking weird art choices. Either way, it's weird. I found something new that they have there as of recently. Uh, Did you find in your research anything about the interactive talking gargoyle? I did. The airport has a construction project happening inside right now. And near those, they have a a gargoyle, among other things, that will talk to you and they basically mock the conspiracy theory, this conspiracy theory openly to people walking by. So, they're they're either very blatant and carefree about, you know, what could be true about the airport or they're just having some fun. It's kind of weird to think like, first of all, I believe that there is an alternative purpose for the Denver airport because of its its nearness to, to the Rockies, which form a, a natural barrier against like nuclear war if you could go into a tunnel deep beneath the mountain. But, you know, if you were going to play it off and you're going to just make jokes about it, which is one of the like the main ways to dispel a conspiracy theory is to turn it into a joke and to laugh about how silly it is. It makes people embarrassed to believe it. But what a weird... It's all weird. You know, someone says like, look, we need to address this. We need to have a sense of levity about all the conversation about conspiracy in the airport. Let's have something interactive that dispels these myths. You know, should we have like computer screen? Should we have a mascot? And somebody piped up and said, I know, a fucking gargoyle. Well, (laughs) 
I mean, and they're like, yeah, a scary, creepy gargoyle seems like the best way to say the nothing creepy going on here. Just think about this. Let's assume this airport is completely innocent of any of these theories. When they're building it and they're installing all the artwork, why choose this fucking man in a gas mask killing kids and mothers and doves with his... Like, it's so weird. No matter what, it's really weird to have that in an airport. They, there's been interviews with the artist of the murals that we keep talking about. A man named Leo Tanguma, just sounds guilty, has steadfastly denied that his paintings hide any sinister hints, although of course, conspiracy theorists counter that Tanguma was bought off by the New World Order to lie and cover up the mural's true meaning. Well, the artist, I was just scanning it, it looks like the artist uh, said that these murals depict uh, some of the symbols of oppression that the Chicano community has overcome. Okay, even if that's true, why is it in an airport? Yeah, I mean, I know your audience. I think people want like something that's kind of calming when they're about to get on an airplane, not the apocalypse. I mean, as far as anxiety goes, the apocalypse is a big one. A few more things here. You'd think for such a large-scale project that went $2 billion over budget, uh, it would have been made obvious who built the airport, but that's not the case. A plaque can be found in the building stating that it was founded by the New World Airport Commission. There's just one problem. That group doesn't exist. This has caused many people to believe it could be a sign pointing to involvement from the New World Order, which sounds very similar to the name the New World Airport Commission. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, many people have questioned the other tiles in the airport, including one that says Mount Blanca. This was where the Knights Templar famously signed their charter, which mentioned they'd gathered to form a New World Order. There, if you look at an above-ground picture of the airport runways, some mm -hmm. people say it looks like a swastika. I will say for in defense of uh, like a, a swastika is that if you wanted to have runways that could be landed on from north, south, east, and west, that I mean it could kind of look like that. Yeah, but why not other airports? Also, I'm looking at it and I don't see... Uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I think the swastika thing might be a coincidence. Um, it was reported that in 2011 when the comment Alenin was said to be plummeting toward Earth, then President Barack Obama happened to be in the Denver to be in Denver at the same time, causing many people to believe he was hiding at the airport. It was also rumored that the Queen of England secretly purchased land near the Denver airport. The did you know that the largest private landowners in Colorado is the royal family? I did not know that. Uh, it's been years ago. I used to work for a newspaper, and the family that owned it were the second largest landowners in Colorado, and. Someone tipped me off that the only ones who owned more land than them were the British royal family, uh, who we also know are vampires. Uh, there's another mural that depicts the Nazi soldier holding the sword and gun we mentioned earlier, depicts him being toppled by citizens from all kinds of different nations celebrating peace. So, well, that's good. Some people think that the Denver airport will be the shelter for the elite during an apocalyptic event and then afterward, the chosen from each nation will repopulate the earth. Um, so, that's all I got. I'll stop there. There are more uh, things, big and small. But I think regardless of what you believe, the Denver airport, some weird facts there. It's one of the only airports in which you have not yet had a hot dog. Hashtag hot dog Brandon. Let's put this baby to bed. Um, let's close out with some Apple Podcast reviews. Hit me with one. All right. This one comes from Angel Ray 0802. Ready? This is a, this is a long one. Okay. So, settle in. Love this podcast! All capital letters. Exclamation point. Exclamation points denote sincerity. No, it denotes yelling! Do you have another one? Yeah, this one comes from Chris DeVos who says, This podcast has just the right amount of snark and humor to hit it out of the ballpark, which is a weird metaphor for me to use because I don't like baseball. But if I was stuck in a baseball stadium, I would listen to this podcast instead of watching the game, but not on AirBuds because I don't want to seem snooty. Oh, AirPods? Well, he said AirBuds. AirBud, don't stick the dog AirBud into your ears. No, but His you weights. should... The basketball playing athletic dog Airbud yeah. is way too large for your ear canals. Well, don't know till you try. You should listen to us at a baseball game, before a baseball game, after a baseball game. On a boat. 
You should listen to us in a house with a mouse. You should listen to us on a box with a fox. You should listen to us with your green eggs and ham. We want to thank Chris DeVos, not a baseball fan. He wants it to be known. Um, We want to thank Angel Ray for loving this podcast. And if you love this podcast, and we know you do, and if you don't, then stop listening. But if you do love this podcast, you should definitely rate us five stars, and you should write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other listeners find our show, and it helps stroke our ego just right. That's all we're after here. Love a good ego stroking. Brandon, anything else you want to say to our listeners? Yeah. Um, UFOs are real. Uh, that's it. I'm, they're real. I know it. Okay. UFOs are real. We'll be back next week with a more conventional top 10 list episode. Brandon, you have the list next week. Don't forget. And yeah, we appreciate you listening. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.